up, everyone, and welcome to the Week 11 What We Saw podcast. I am Eric Smith, and I am joined tonight by Drew DeLuca. He is pinch hitting for Ryan Heath, who I, I believe stumbled into some front row tickets for the uh, Patriots this week. So he got to see that thrilling matchup between the Jets and Patriots. I can't wait to ask him all about that. But I'm uh, really excited to have Drew back. I think it's been since uh, preseason uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles talk since we talked to him last. So, uh, Drew, welcome back. Uh, tell everyone where uh, where you can be found and what you've been working on this year. Sure. I'm uh, on Twitter at uh, Drew Delaware, and I've been working on more with the sit start team this year. Um, so I'm doing a couple of games a week. I'll be working on the Green Bay Philadelphia game this week, as well as the uh, Cowboys and Giants. So they'll be, I'll be working on those two. So keep an eye out there. Uh, you'll also follow us on find us on Reddit there as well. Drew's been crushing it with the rankings this year. Yeah, you also submit your own set of rankings to uh, Fantasy Pros. So I know you've, you've spiked a couple top five weeks. I don't know how you've been doing on the year, but uh, it's tough to get a top five week with all these experts out there. So congrats on those so far. Thanks. Yeah, I was uh, number one in uh, week six, number two overall in week seven, and uh, I think it was number 12 uh, recently as well. So it's been, it's been a pretty good year so far. So I'm in the uh, probably say top third right now, maybe looking at the top quarter, hopefully getting in there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's uh, just being in the top half of the experts feels pretty good because there's a lot of good people out there in the fantasy football industry. So I will take a 50% finish among all those experts. So uh, Drew's been doing a great job. Uh, check him out on Twitter for more of his rankings, as always. So um, this week, we uh, covered a few games in depth. Uh, I watched the Browns and the Bills, uh, the Bengals and the Steelers, and then Drew watched Eagles versus Colts. So we'll break the, those down in depth. Uh, but please check out the What We Saw article. As always, we'll have every single fantasy relevant player recapped. Um, after this one, I'm actually going to dive into the uh, the Giants and the Lions game. So check out the article for some of my thoughts on that one. Um, we'll figure out if DeAndre Swift is ever going to happen. It, it sure doesn't seem like it. But um, let's get into some news and notes before we get to these uh, deep dives on the games here, Drew. So one thing I kind of noticed looking over the results from week 11, this is uh, partway through Sunday night football, we're recording this while the Chiefs and Chargers are playing. But uh, we had five rookie wide receivers in the top 10 for wide receiver scoring this week. Uh, those names were Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Wandale Robinson, George Pickens, and Traylon Burks. So we had a really nice surge from our rookie receivers this week. Uh, unfortunately, Wandale Robinson got hurt, and it might be a serious knee injury. But, um, Drew, I'm wondering if you have any favorite from this group, anything that stood out today among these rookie receivers. It's really nice seeing the, uh, the promising future at the position here. Well, sure. I had I had Traylon Burks as my number one going into this going into the draft, and uh, wasn't the most ideal landing spot there. But Chris Olave, we uh, we really had him as well. So Samuel Alsado and I came out from uh, QB list to the draft this year in Las Vegas, and Sammy actually got to meet uh, Chris Olave, um, and was uh, really enamored with him as a very engaging guy. But man, he's he just does it all. He's really he's just so good, uh, and everything he does. And then uh, Garrett Wilson, not pictured, was was also impressive. Didn't quite <laughs> have a day to day though, but. Christian Watson is another guy I've been I liked as well preseason and uh, he didn't really do much at all for the first what eight nine weeks of the season and then all of a sudden he just last five days scored five touchdowns and he just put himself on the map immediately so yeah. actually uh, and uh, and Pickens as well who was kind of a, a guy that kind of warmed up on as the uh, uh, as the off season went on and uh, I've got quite a few shares of him now in in, uh, in dynasty leagues and quite quite happy with that very sad to see uh, the news on Wandale hopefully it's not serious. So, but I, all, I'm very high on all of those guys, but I would say, I think Alave probably for me has the highest ceiling. Uh, Watson is just a, a physical freak. And uh, man, if he starts getting some consistent target volume, watch, watch out. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Alave is very impressive. I think some of the knocks we had on him, maybe being a smaller receiver, not great after the catch, not a big guy. I, that seems it doesn't matter when you're catching over 100 yards every week. So he seems to be dealing just well, just fine with the uh, NFL size. So um, I was, of course, excited about Traylon Burks. He was my wide receiver one for fantasy mm-hmm. purposes. And, uh, you know, it's it's easy to kind of take small sample size when you're looking at these rookies. He's missed a lot of time with injury, but I think just in the short flashes we've seen Traylon Burks on the field drawing the target share that he does, it's it's really encouraging. He went over 100 yards this week, so uh, things are up, looking up for all these guys except for Wondell Robinson. Hopefully, he comes back healthy. I'll, I'll get into George Pickens a little bit more in this uh, Bengals Steelers breakdown that we have coming up. So, um, yeah, let's go through some of the other top scores from today. Uh, top five QBs um, in passing yards so far this week. Um, Drew, you highlighted this one. I don't know why you want to talk about these guys, but <laughs> well, Joe Burr. <laughs> Joe Burrow had the most passing yards. Uh, Daniel Jones next. Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, and Derek Carr. So uh, just how we thought it was going to happen this week. Drew. Is <laughs> yeah, that what your no, rankings look like? No, not at all. So <laughs> I, I actually was pretty high on Daniel Jones. I actually had him in my top 10 this week. So uh, that was good to see him kind of show out. So yeah. I, I looked at him last week as a guy, you know, next coming. He's really – that offense is really kind of coming its own a little bit. There, I mean, they didn't quite get done today against the Lions. From a fantasy yeah. perspective, he definitely put up some points. But he, he gets it on the ground. He, he, he'll score points with his legs. Uh, and then, you know, he's starting to really come around as a passer. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, ma- he's making uh, D- Darius Slayton rele- relevant again from a fan's perspective. And, of course, the, to the, the Wandale breakout was something we've been looking for. So I'm probably yeah. not going to be as high on Jones going forward with, with Wandale's out for a prolonged amount of time. Uh, but I was just – the pieces were starting to come together for him there from a fantasy perspective. Uh, and it, kind of like a, a – like a, a, Justin feels light without the the exceed the excessive uh, rushing <laughs> rushing totals, but you know it, it, he had that kind of uh, um, he had a, a kind of a ceiling there because of his nice floor. Uh, you know the ceiling was obviously capped a little bit by the uh, um, by the fact that Saquon's probably gonna get a lot of work, but he, yeah, he's he's got to keep an eye on him. If if uh, if Wandale's comes back and he's he's not out for a prolonged amount of time, he's he's kind of a sneaky low end QB one who's who's definitely not going to hurt you and he's not going to cost much at all. Might even be on your waiver wire. Yep, for sure. I know I pivoted to Jones in some leagues mm-hmm. where I had uh, Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll definitely say Derek Carr, uh, one of my bigger misses of the week. I ranked him pretty low going to Denver. Uh, I did not trust him at all in this matchup. So 307 yards, two touchdowns. I know they had to squeak out an overtime win, but still, I think that is relatively encouraging with the state of the Raiders offense that Carr uh, did not get beat up in a game against a really tough Broncos defense. So yeah, that was I one I missed. Yeah. I don't think anybody had Tannehill and Brissett in their top five this week. And if they did, then they're probably relatives of those two guys. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More on Brissett later. He's uh, he's he's kind of hilarious. He's he's fully in like the veteran quarterback, just making stuff happen phase of his career, I think. So uh, that's kind of what Brissett's always looked like, though, I guess. So, um, OK, let's get into running backs here. Uh, top five running backs and po- fantasy points heading into Sunday Night Football. Tony Pollard. Samaj P. Ryan, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, and Jamal Williams. Uh, a couple names that stand out there, Drew. Where do you want to start? Well, Pollard, I moved down when the Zeke news came out, and then a, a tweet broke not long before kickoff, probably about an hour and a half or so, saying that, that uh, it was more than that. But they said that uh, Zeke would be playing with a brace and that he wasn't expected to get the significant volume. It was probably going to be Pollard's show again. And so I moved him back up my rankings and happy to see that uh, Pollard had a day. Uh, he had 189 total yards. Uh, he was the leading rusher and the leading receiver for the Cowboys today. And that game was just out of hand. We'll talk about that later on when we get there. But uh, yeah, he was just an absolute, uh, an absolute beast today. And I just, you got to wonder about how that's backup's going to shake up going forward. But uh, between him and Samaji Pirine, you know, stepping in for Mixon, I, I'll let you talk to him when we get about him when we get closer to the, 
to the uh, uh, to that game. But uh, I'm a little inter- little concerned about Mixon and the concussion, and uh, he left the concussion, and Piran just kind of stepped right in and just produced. So, uh, and then Najee, good to see him. Najee looked like himself, I think, for the first time all year. It's made some pretty spectacular plays, uh, some highlight reel films. Uh, with one of the touchdowns, he's absolutely leapfrogged a guy. Uh, so I, I guess he's back. Uh, and uh, Jamal Williams just keeps scoring touchdowns. I don't, I don't know how he does it with limited volume on the Detroit Lions, but here, here we are. It's your, your running back, running, truthers rejoice, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll save, I'll yeah. save P. Ryan and Najee Harris a little bit for my game. Uh, Tony Pollard, you know, he – He's still 39 snaps today, Ezekiel Elliott 21, Malik Davis 13, although you said some of that was out of control when the game was a blowout. Yeah. I'm sure Pollard yeah. would have had more in a regular game script. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's hard to know. Uh, re- you know, if you're going with the rational coaching, Pollard's going to keep getting these touches. He's, it, it's real easy for this to work out for him when he's breaking long touchdowns every other play. So we'll yeah. see what happens when Zeke has the knee brace off and is a little bit back up to speed. But it's really hard to see this going back to 60 40 Zeke. I think at this point we're we're at least trending towards like a 50 50 split. Maybe that's all Jerry Jones will concede, but I, I, this has got to be good news for Tony Pollard managers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Top five wide receivers, uh, a relatively normal list. Uh, we've got Devonte Adams, Amari Cooper, T Higgins, Demarcus Robinson, and Chris Alave. Oh wait, Demarcus Robinson is in there too. Uh, fourth highest scoring receiver this week. See, that's where it gets weird there, right there. That's what, we thought that we had a um, a guy that's going to emerge there with Duvernay coming out. Uh, had a, have a couple of nice games after uh, Bateman went out. Uh, but you know, when you see this from Demarcus Robinson, this is like the second time he's done this to us, where he just comes out of nowhere with a massive game, and then he'll probably just crawl back into obscurity next week. That's just kind of how things were all with with the Marcus Robinson. So if you, if you were lucky enough to get him in your DFS as a, what the heck flex, then, you know, congratulations and good for you. And, uh, will spend it all in one place. So, uh, but, uh, but T Higgins, uh, I, I think a lot of us saw that one coming with the, with the volume there and against the, you know, the Pittsburgh uh, pass defense that can be beat, uh, mm-hmm. at least in the secondary, uh, uh and a lobby, of course, we talked about him at the top. He's just, he's just a, a natural a rookie and he's already putting up, you know, top five numbers, uh, with, with the big dogs like the like Devonte Adams, so yeah, I did not realize my two games were so um, heavily populated in these top five. So <laughs> yeah. I'll talk a little yeah. bit about Cooper and Higgins yeah. later. Cooper yeah. Cooper looked good, and it's going to be interesting when uh, Deshaun Watson gets back. So um, the tight end position, we don't have Travis Kelsey in here yet, so keep that in mind. He's he's playing as we speak, but it was ugly today. Top five tight ends: Austin Hooper, Pat Fryermuth, Dawson Knox, Juwan Johnson, Mark Andrews. Uh, it looked like there were about seven guys that scored double-digit PPR points all, all, all week. So uh, tight end is pretty rough right now. If you scored a touchdown, you probably have a, a starting tight end. Yeah, the whole position is a crapshoot right now, unless you have Travis Kelsey. I mean, it's good to see Andrews back today, back this week. I expect more of him going forward. I think Kittle's going to actually have a big night on Monday, uh, tomorrow night. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, yeah. But uh, that, that's been a pretty leaky uh, defense to tight ends this year. So I, hopefully we'll see some change over there and get some uh, some normalcy back in this, this top five by the time the week's over. So. Yeah. And like you said, with Andrews, uh, he played the most snaps on the whole team more than, you know, Devin Duvernay to Marcus Robinson. He ran the most routes. Uh, he had one less target than Demarcus Robinson. So he Andrews was back. The stat sheet isn't, you know, a blow up week, but uh, you can feel pretty good with Mark Andrews going forward, obviously. So, OK, that's a quick rundown. Um, I think the main injury was probably Wandale Robinson to keep an eye on. We got a few others here or there, but um just check out what we saw article for more and we will co- cover every relevant player. So we're going to get into a few of the games that we've really dove deep into this week. Uh, I'm going to start with the Cleveland versus Buffalo game. Um, Buffalo wins 31 to 23. 
um, at home, quote unquote, in Detroit. Uh, <laughs> this was actually a game that the Browns looked like they might steal this one. It was 13 to 10 at the half. The Browns came out really hot. The offense looked good. And it was kind of, there's a little bit of like an uh-oh m- moment there for Buffalo. Um, Browns were using Chubb a lot early. I, I mentioned Jacoby Brissett earlier. Like he's just doing crafty veteran things. He, he scrambled for a first down on a, a third down for a long run. He's just like making cuts, pulling all the tricks out of the bag that he has. Like he just looks like pieces of his uniform would be falling off, like from some old, like, uh, out of the replacements, some old, uh, you know, NFL based movie from like the nineties. He just looks like one of those older quarterbacks that's <laughs> giving it everything he's got every play. And it looked like he was going to lead this team. Like they're getting Chubb involved in the passing game and the, the, the passing game as a whole looked really good. Amari Cooper was making plays. Uh, I was really impressed with Cooper overall. He, he just missed a 30 plus catch in this game. That was a deep play on the sideline. Um, and he still ended up with two physical touchdown catches in the end zone where he just, kind of out-muscled the, the defender. So 12 targets, eight catches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns for Amari Cooper. He was really the star of this Browns offense. So um, any of these stat lines stand out for you, Drew? Any questions overall just about the Browns passing game or running game? Well, I'm just, I'm just I'm curious to see. I mean, I see Chubb only had 14 carries for 19 yards, and that's that's obviously a massive disappointment. Um, yeah. you, I mean, I know the Bills have a tough defense and all, but we were, we were all expecting more from Chubb there. But it was encouraging to see him get involved in the passing game. You said you mentioned he uh, he had, I think, had three targets, three catches for 48 yards. Uh, but uh, also the the disappearing act of Kareem Hunt seems to have continued. I mean, did you see much from Kareem in, his, in terms of utilization or explosiveness at all? Yeah, as far as utilization, it was pretty similar. It was 41 snaps for Chubb, uh, 32 for Kareem Hunt. Uh, but Chubb obviously down, dominated the work. I, I would say Chubb had like two of his catches on the first drive, I believe, uh, kind of swing passes and screen passes like designed for him. So you could almost count in his 48 yards receiving as part of his rushing. But yeah, it was definitely disappointing. I was kind of surprised this stat line was that bad once we got past halftime. It felt like they were having a little more success. And and all of a sudden you looked at it and he had like 12 yards rushing. Um, I, I think they went away from the run a bit early in this one. I'm usually not one to pound the table for running the ball, but uh, that was clearly their best. Like they need the running game going for the passing game to work. And mm-hmm. I, I just think that was their best shot at winning was to really stick with the run. So we do see 26 carries, but it did not feel like they really committed. And, and seven of those rushes for set so i don't know it wasn't like buffalo was blowing them off the line of scrimmage or anything uh the browns did lose their center to an injury um and right after that they actually fumbled a snap when it looked like they were really going to take a stranglehold in this game and that kind of opened the floodgates a little bit for the bills so could have been a bit of the center being hurt um conklin also got hurt along the line so some nicks and bruises for their the Browns offensive line for sure, but I would not worry to be worried about Chubb. He looked good. It just, it just kind of got away from them and they abandoned the rushing game for the most part. But I like cream hunt. I mean, he, you just don't see him out. Like he's on the field a lot, but he just does not get the, the touches designed to him like Nick Chubb does. So I think that's the main issue is that he's just, he, he gets the ball when it comes to it, it, it comes to him, but I don't, I never feel like he's demanding touches. No, I mean, it's, he had five carries. It looks like he had two, two targets, two receptions. And I'm looking at a, uh... Harrison Bryant had seven targets, four four receptions, and I would I would not have suspect expected uh, Bryant to have as you know as good of a better of a day than Hunt with Joku uh, coming back, but here we are. Yeah, and that actually one of the issues with this Browns offense they they look really good when Chubb's getting the ball and when Cooper's getting the ball and even Donovan Peoples Jones to some extent, but mm-hmm. when they go further down the depth chart, their complementary players are not good. Uh, they had a settle for a field goal once where uh, consecutive plays that the 
the tight ends, the backup tight ends to uh, David and Joku dropped would be touchdowns. So both, yeah. both Bryant and um, I believe it was Pharaoh Brown dropped what could have been a touchdown. They're tough plays, but once they get beyond Cooper and people's Jones in the passing game, there's just not much there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really needed Joku to come back and, and play healthy. He saw a decent amount of snaps. Um, he looked healthy. Uh, I, I think it's just kind of coming back from a high ankle sprain. We need another week here. He was not full snaps this week. So he only had 28 compared to Harrison Bryant's 55. So they really needed Joku to come back. But you can see how this offense would be exciting once Watson's in here uh, and they can feed the ball to Cooper, DPJ, and uh, and David yeah. and Joku. This could be a fun offense. It'd be interesting to see if any of those other complimentary players uh, kind of come to, come to uh, you know, break out with uh, Watson coming back too, David Bell perhaps, or – uh, you know, maybe a Jake were getting right at the right time, catching and lightning a bottle with with Watson. So yeah, there's some things to watch there in a couple of weeks when when Watson takes the field. Yep, yep. So, so I think it's week after next he's eligible to come yeah. back, I believe. So uh, match up against the Texans. So, so talk, talk otherwise, about the side. what's yeah? Well, yeah, was one yeah. last thing I was going to yeah. say that Donovan Peoples Jones finally got his touchdown. Uh, uh, he's been missing one all week all, or all year. Uh, he did kind of get it at the very end though. So mm-hmm. it was. It's hard to say it's garbage time when they pulled within a score, but it was very late in this game when he got his touchdown. Right, right. So talk to them about Buffalo. What's going on with the Bills today? Yeah, so I think they started a little slow. Um, I put in my notes. I, I didn't. It didn't seem like Buffalo learned the lessons that the Bengals learned from the Browns game a few mm-hmm. weeks ago where the Browns really dominated the Bengals' offense. And the Bengals just didn't run enough against this poor Browns rush defense. And that's kind of how the Bills started out. They were just throwing the ball. Uh, they, their run game, they were trying to get screens going. It wasn't working. Uh, the pass rush was getting to Allen. It, it really kind of slowed things up for the Bills early on. And when they did finally start running the ball, that's kind of when they unlocked things. Like, I think you just have to take advantage when a team has such a bad run defense like the Browns do. You have to make them pay for it a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was kind of an interesting game for the Bills. We saw both uh, Devin Singletary and James Cook rush for 86 yards. Josh Allen only threw for 197, and that's just because that's what the matchup required. So I was actually happy to see them go to the run. Again, I'm not someone who's pounding the table that we should run the rock all the time, but that's what they needed to do to beat the Browns, and it certainly worked. So uh, otherwise, like Stephon Diggs didn't have a a catch until right before halftime, but it was on a wide-open touchdown, and I I wouldn't worry about Diggs in general. The volume will be there in different weeks. This was just a game where they needed to run the ball, and that's what the Bills did, and they, they pulled out the win. Yeah, do you think they're going to continue to run the ball as uh, as well as they're uh, long as they're able to do it? I mean, I know we'd all know Allen is playing with that uh, UCL injury. I mean, and it's a long season still, and they're they've got aspirations to go deep in the playoffs. And um, is it? I mean, am I over speculating and thinking they may uh, run the ball more going forward to kind of take some of the heat off of him and his elbow? Do you think, or or do you think that that's just getting too cute? It's possible. I do think this was matchup dependent. Uh, mm-hmm. They they mentioned on the broadcast that they said Josh Allen said his elbow only hurts when he drops down and throws sidearm. They mm-hmm. said he feels good at all other types of throws. So uh, I guess that's encouraging. He's playing through it. Most throws aren't bothering him. I thought his arm looked pretty good. He had a really nice deep pass to Gabe Davis down the sideline in a two-minute drill. Uh, that was actually one part that kind of seemed to unlock the Bills is the Browns. I don't know if it was full-blown prevent, but they started playing off in the two-minute drill before the half. and and. And Allen seemed to get in a rhythm and get marching down the field in the passing game. And then they started running the ball in the second half. But um, no, I think they'll be back to their pass heavy ways. I mean, Gabe Davis looked pretty good. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs. Like I, I would expect them to go back to pass heavy ways, but um, just what, I mean, the Browns run defense is just so bad. I mean, 33 mm. carries for 171 yards for the bills <laughs> and, 
Josh Allen really did not run the ball in this one. Like he was not a rushing quarterback and they still were able to gash him like that. Yeah. Yeah. I see James Cook had a, uh, he, was, he mentioned before he had 86 yard, but it's good to see him getting some utilization. Is that mostly all in the second half or is he mixed in the first much or not entirely the second half. So, um, Snap wise, I mean, Singletary 47 snaps, Cook 16. It was a pretty big blowout for Singletary. But when Cook was in there, he had 11 carries and two targets on, on 16 snaps. They were getting him the ball. Uh, even in the first half, he they called back to back screens to him that were both like blown up. It wasn't his fault. He didn't even get a catch on them. Um, and then he had a nice run up the middle later on that drive. Like when he was in the game, they were giving him the ball. Uh, he looks fast. Uh, he was running hard up the middle. Again, though, there was a ton of space up the middle against this Browns mm-hmm. defense. So he he really had – it wasn't necessarily physical running. He was able to get up to full speed immediately because there was nobody around him. So he looked good. He looks fast. I think in the Bills' offense, he's the skill set that is going to work well. So he has not surpassed Devin Singletary. He's still pretty clearly behind him. But as far as Naeem Hines, he's not seeing a lot of work. Uh, he's doing most of his work returning kicks and punts, I think. So okay. Cook seems to be the, the handcuff here. And I, I, this time of the year, I think he's an ad. He's got some up, upside at the very least. And uh, he was impressive today. I would agree. And he was a he, – he profi- he, uh, his physical profile was pretty impressive coming out. He's not quite as big, I don't think, necessarily uh, weight-wise, like maybe a little inch or so shorter than his brother, who's famous from the Dalvin. Yeah. But but uh, but he's he's no slouch. He's all right from a physical perspective. He got the guy's pretty explosive, uh, and he's got a lot of talent. Uh, you know, coming from Georgia, and uh, it's definitely good, good, uh, very good landing spot for him. And if uh, God, God forbid if something does happen to Singletary, yeah, he's I would agree. I mean, there's a lot of people that have Madison still sticking around on their rosters for in case something happens to Dalvin Cook. I I I would just as much, if not more, rather have uh, Cook in this situation in that Bills offense. Yeah, he, he could definitely carve out a role, and you're you're right. I, I think his skill set is just a really nice fit for this offense. I mean, if you were seeing these rushes from him on the Steelers' offense, I don't think it would look that exciting. But in the spread out Bills' offense, uh, he's he's making it work. So, um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, I thought Gabe Davis, like I said, he looked pretty good. This was a relatively consistent game for Gabe Davis, so it wasn't one of his blow up games. Of five catches for sixty eight yards, and then Dawson Knox seven catches for seventy, like. He wasn't making a bunch of splash plays, but uh, it did seem like the Browns were playing pretty deep and Josh Allen was taking advantage and checking it down to Dawson Knox. So um, good to see him get a little bit of consistency here and not just need a touchdown to, to make it work. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got in this one. I just I, I I think this is a good Browns team. And when their quarterback play improves, it could get real exciting. Their run defense, that was just such a big weakness that I, every week I, if if there's a Browns game involved, I would look at the team that they're playing and how are they going to be able to exploit them in the running game and kind of start from there from building your matchups. Cause it's just, it's a really poor run game. Sure. Hey, speaking of exploit, exploiting the run game, the, the Philip Eagles last week were just absolutely uh, torched to the ground and they were denied to stop the run uh, in, in Monday night against the Washington commanders. And uh, what did uh, Howie Roseman go out and do, but sign two more defensive uh, linemen. First it was Robert Quinn a couple weeks ago. This week, this, uh, this week goes out and gets Linval Joseph and uh, Namak and Sue. And, uh, and man, the, you, those, those guys came in, I would say, probably second quarter, third quarter. And as soon as they came in, their presence was immediately felt. Both of them had uh, uh, pretty pretty big games. They made, they made some key plays. And, uh, and when they came in uh, to the game, the Colts, who were moving the ball at will, really, at the beginning, uh, there was no answer for Jonathan Taylor on the ground. Uh, but as soon as those two guys came in, it was a whole different uh, ball of wax there. The uh, saw saw something from uh, Dan, uh, Dan Roche, who's the uh, producer director for NBC Philly on, on Twitter. And uh, final 44 and a half minutes of the game, 
Jonathan Taylor had 12 carries for 20 yards and the fumbles lost. And but in the beginning of the game, he was moving. He was moving it like you would expect Jonathan Taylor to move it on a team that's having trouble stopping the run. So mm-hmm. it was really just kind of a tale of two Eagles run defenses. So uh, that bodes well for uh, for the Eagles going forward. That it seems they've kind of addressed their uh, their their rushing defense issues midweek and also mid game. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so that that was interesting. But to start the seat, start the game, it was all Colts. Um, like I mentioned, Taylor was getting it done. Uh, he um, Michael Pittman was having success getting open on drag routes across the middle. He had three catches for 38 yards in the Colts' first two possessions. Uh, the uh, the Eagles were having some issues. Uh, they were really missing uh, uh, Dallas Goddard in a big way. Uh, uh, Grant Calcaterra, who would who wouldn't go on the field if Goddard was healthy, killed a drive when the Eagles picked up a couple of first downs with a penalty. Uh, and then later on, uh, uh, Jack Stoll and Tyree Jackson, two other backup tight ends, came on and got penalties. So by the time the, the halftime hit, every single one of the backup tight ends uh, had a penalty against them that marched the Eagles back and killed a drive. And uh, between them, they had one catch for seven yards. So definitely wow. missing Goddard in that offense. But uh, they managed to get it done. So as you know, the Eagles ended up winning that game 17-16. They came back and won. Uh, when uh, Jalen Hurts put his cape on and just kind of got it done, uh, but the, uh, the Eagles were running the ball. Uh, they uh, they uh, they went back to the run at this point. They uh, in the first half they were down. They uh, in one drive they ran seven times for 42 yards. They uh, Kelsey actually Jason Kelsey a rare miscue by him botched a snap and a shotgun and uh, Hurts was able to fall on it. But by then their their second goal turned into a you know a third and long. And they were yeah. end up selling for a chip shot, but that's that was just kind of the theme of the first half. Eagles just tons of penalties, miscues, just shooting themselves in the proverbial foot. Uh, but then uh, we, we saw them really kind of turn it around on the defensive side with stopping the run. Uh, and then uh, you know, there was a couple of uh, AJ Brown key plays here or there, uh, nothing splash. And then Devontae Smith turned into a pretty solid game from a PPR perspective. No touchdowns, but I think he had like seven catches for sixty some yards. Uh, but uh, yeah, the uh, uh, the, the third quarter was pretty much uh, a, a non-event. <laughs> Those scores, a lot of three and outs and punting. You know, just the kind of like a lot of the game that Ryan probably saw today—the three-three thriller <laughs> until the very end. So, uh, but uh, but Hurts definitely uh, put it on. He the uh, in the fourth quarter, huge twenty-four yard run got the Eagles in the red zone. Found a touchdown strike to, to Quez Watkins, who uh, I guess is fast Batman of the three. The Eagles have this whole Batman thing going with uh, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and Quez Watkins. But that made it a three-point game. They forced a fumble, drove down the field, and then gave it right back by fumbling it. Uh, and then uh, the Colts looked like they were asserting themselves with a big splash play from uh, Matt Ryan to Paris Campbell for 31 yards. Uh, and then the Eagles kind of held down with a huge sack there by Hassan Reddick, set up, forced the Colts to set up for a field goal. Uh, and then... Uh, the uh, then we mentioned before that Hurts just really just kind of uh, put the put the team on his back with a big run up the middle um, for the game time score there, uh, and then the defense kind of nailed it down at the end. Brandon Graham, who uh, picked up a cheap penalty, I think, in the uh, Washington game that kind of sealed that game, came up with a huge sack in this one, really to effectively ice it because immediately after that the Colts had a false start and then put themselves in a fourth and 21. They just couldn't convert. And that was it. That was the game. And uh, uh, so the Eagles go to nine and one and uh, uh, the, uh, the Colts did. I'll have, I'll have to take my hat off though. And they played a, a tough uh, hard nosed game. Um, they definitely seem to be responding well to Jeff Saturday. Uh, and uh, so, but it was uh, the Eagles on the road. were able to come away with a, a snatched a victory from the jaws of defeat there, which is kind of nice. So, 
Yeah, this is an interesting time to get you, I think, as an Eagles fan. So, I mean, they come off that loss against Washington, which, you know, it's a division game. They were bound to drop one eventually. Um, but, I mean, then, you know, this is 13-3 to in the fourth quarter here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, yeah. they're losing to the Colts. So, Hertz comes through, you know, obviously you're just looking at the box scores here. He really carried the team. Uh, he had 86 yards rushing. Miles Sanders yeah. just 47. Um, mm-hmm. Not a ton of production in the passing game. Like, do you think – all is well because they pulled this out and they got things working. Are there some real questions with this Eagles offense? Like what, where should we be on this offense? Are we just kind of the same spot we've always been or has anything changed here? Well, I think the, I think not having, we mentioned before, not having Goddard, he's, I think he's a key really a third down option. He's a key red zone target. Um, Not having him, I think it hurts. There's a massive drop down. You're talking about Dallas Goddard, who is arguably one of the top five tight ends in the game, just all around. He's a good blocker. He's a good receiver. He just knows where to be in the field. It's a good job. Good at finding like soft spots in the zone. He's just a a consummate, just a great tight end. Uh, And then you're looking at Jack Stahl and you're looking at, uh, rookie Grant Calcaterra and Tyree Jackson, who uh, is, is athletic, but he's still kind of learning the position. He's a college quarterback and he just he, was, he missed all last year with a knee injury. And there's just a, a massive, massive drop there. And but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think that there there are some opportunities. I think they kind of fire all cylinders. But right, I think if you're looking to hit a lull, this is the time of the year to hit the lull. Uh, but uh, even in, as 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 bad as the Eagles looked at times, Hurts uh, still completed 72 percent of his passes through for 276 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. 107-1 passer rating, and of course, like we mentioned, you know, put the cape on at the end and won the game for the team. So uh, in a, even in a game where he was, quote, you know, the, where the offense was quote-unquote bad, um, he did what he needed to do to win, and uh, and didn't turn. They didn't turn the. He didn't turn the ball over. You know, and he uh, he uh, he's playing well. We talked about this back in the preseason. When we talked about what's the ceiling for the Eagles, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Hertz has answered all the questions and then some about what kind of player he is. Uh, and uh, I haven't seen really a, a drop in his game. Uh, I, I have seen, I'm a little concerned with some of the play calling decisions we've seen from Sirianni last week, the abandoning the run, they kind of learned from the mistakes a little bit this week and they went back to it. They fed Sanders a little bit more in the first half and kind of let let Hertz loose a little bit more as well because say he had, had not been running as much the last couple of weeks. So, but uh, it seemed, and we saw a couple of Boston Scott sightings, Gainwell really didn't do anything at all. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, but, uh, but I, I do think that the, uh, all's not all hope is not lost but uh you know raise it's fair to raise an eyebrow but uh i don't think it's, t- it's time for panic at all yeah looks like they're in uh, a pretty good amount of three tight ends or i'm sorry three wide receiver sets just looking mm-hmm. at the snap shares here yes. uh quez Watkins and zach pascal saw quite a bit of snaps it was clearly zach uh, jack stoll was the, the lead tight end ran the most routes um yep. played way more than, than calcaterra and tyree jackson so mm-hmm. um he only got one target though so probably not a lot of deep dynasty uh, or deep you know deep waiver wire value there but yeah i mm-hmm. guess um we know this offense it's hurts it's smith it's it's brown and then it's probably just more of a question of can we get Miles Sanders on track from week to week? But still, an offense that I'm wanting to start players from for sure. sure. And I, and, I, and Goddard was having a pretty good year from a fantasy perspective yeah. as well. And, and that's a, like we mentioned. So when he comes back, I, I think he'll be back in time for uh, uh, the playoff push there and uh, and uh, for fantasy and for NFL. Uh, and yeah. uh, all, uh, like once he comes back, I think that he's kind of like the missing piece that kind of helps it all go. Uh, but uh, but even so, I mean, we're talking about AJ Brown, we're talking about Devontae Smith. So I think coming into this week, uh, the only player who had his 40 or more receptions and a higher catch rate was Cooper Cup over than Devontae Smith. So Smith's had a quiet year by fantasy perspective, fantasy uh, 
uh, from a fantasy perspective, but he's definitely getting it done when the ball's thrown his way. So uh, yeah. I just, I just, I think it's just a question of, uh, you know, Sirianni kind of finding his way and navigating, uh, making, you know, changing the game plan up to uh, what, what the, uh, the, the situation the opponent calls for. Uh, but I think, I think we're, they definitely should be uh, firing all more, uh, all cylinders, you know, two, three weeks from now. Okay. And then any big picture takeaways from the Colts? I, I guess I would actually start first. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 22 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. Um, they're clearly playing him like he's 100% mm-hmm. healthy, 49 snaps. Beyond Jackson, only 13. Does Taylor look fully recovered from the ankle injury? Like is his explosion back or is he just kind of maybe a, a bit of a plotter compared to peak Jonathan Taylor? Uh, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know that it's fair to say that he's – a plotter at all. I, yeah. I think. I think he he definitely looked much better. I think in the first half before the uh, before the adjustments were made, and he was getting it done. He was moving it at well. The the Colts were just dominating the line of scrimmage, and that kind of made it easier for him. But I mean, twenty two for eighty four is not what we typically think of when we see Taylor. We did score a touchdown, um, and he only he had, I think he had four targets in the passing. He caught three for ten yards, so mm-hmm. he wasn't really a factor. I think much in the passing game. So I, I think uh, I, I will say this that. It looks a lot. The, the offense looks a lot better with Matt Ryan in there than it did <laughs> with Erlinger there. Uh, so I, I just, I, I, I think having Matt Ryan back under center can only mean good things for Jonathan Taylor going forward. Yep. And then Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell, they both seem to have settled in a pretty nice, consistent floor here with Matt Ryan. So it looks like they're back on the radar. Any just general thoughts from this receiving core? Um, I'm, again, I guess Matt Ryan just having an adult under center is really helping things out here. Oh, no doubt. And I agree with you on Pittman and Campbell. Campbell has just kind of been uh, the guy we've been waiting for this for, for Paris Campbell yeah. for years now. And the injuries have just kept rearing their ugly head. So it's nice to see him having success. Uh, he's definitely taken that uh, wide receiver two role from Pierce, from out Pierce and run with it. Uh, no, no, no disrespect out Pierce. He had eight targets that actually led the team at targets. We caught three passes for 28 yards. Uh, but uh, Pittman and Campbell were the guys making the key plays uh, in the passing game. Um, I think the tight end is just an absolute wash. Uh, Granson had one one target for one catch for 16 yards. Uh, Moali Cox, same thing, one target, one catch, 14 yards. So there's just no real answer there uh, at, at the tight end position. We've uh, we've seen Jelani, uh, Jelani Woods have a day here or there. He he wasn't even targeted. I'm not sure if he even suited up in this game. We didn't. I don't remember seeing him at all. Uh, but uh, but uh, th- those three guys have just kind of taken turns of you know having a, a you know a fantasy relevant day here and there. But that's just a tight end. Is a position to avoid continually now for the for the Colts. Just keep yeah. leaving them on wire. <laughs> yeah, it's always oh, a rotating yeah. cast there yep. for some reason. I, every yep. time I try to get interested in Kylan Granson, uh, yeah, twenty five yep. snaps today, so still yep. running a lot of routes. But mm-hmm. all right, well, anything else you want to wrap up here before we uh, move on from Eagles Colts? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I think we expected to see a little more points than than this. The yeah. 30, 33 to total points was well under the uh, the line of forty five and a half, so that was a little surprising. I thought we'd see a little bit more offense than this. Um, but the, uh, both, I think both teams kind of got in their, their own way a little bit, especially in the first half, uh, that really just kind of set the tone. Yeah. So, so you were, right. you watched, uh, you watched Steelers and Bengals, is that right? Oh yeah. Um, uh, 37, 30 Bengals on the road in Pittsburgh, uh, turned out to be one of the, the one of the better fantasy days, um, around the league. So it, it was, a, it was a good one to watch. Um, it, it was tough when the game first started, you kind of look at the field and it's in Pittsburgh, it's cold. They've got that field that's just torn up and like people are slipping everywhere. And you're like, wow, this is going to be a low scoring game. You know, like everyone's got their hands, like they're trying to warm up their hands. And I'm like, oh man, we're not going to put up any points in this game. And then uh, kind of a shootout broke out. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, Overall, I would just say Joe Burrow did an awesome job checking the ball down when needed. He's getting a lot better at this. 
Uh, no Jamar Chase today. Joe Mixon left with a concussion. They still moved the ball a ton with a very questionable supporting cast around him. I mean, Joe Burrow's four touchdown passes went to Samaj Pirine and Trenton Irwin. So uh, <laughs> it's not exactly Jamar Chase and T. Higgins getting in the end zone there. So I think that's super encouraging. Um, 355 yards of four touchdowns in Pittsburgh, like in the cold weather without Jamar. So really impressive. Like really the main thing that stopped this offense was tip passes at the line of scrimmage. Uh, those were Burroughs. Two interceptions were tip passes. One TJ Watt intercepted mm. a pass that was a bullet uh, while playing defensive end up the middle. Like, I don't know how in the world he caught it. He was getting blocked and he's just a freak of nature. Like if you all haven't seen that replay, just watch TJ Watts interception. It was, it was insane. It kind of felt like the Bengals were cursed at that point in this game and they were going to lose it, but they came back to win. But uh, yeah, it was, this game was carried by the passing game for the Bengals and T Higgins looked awesome. Uh, nine catches for 148 yards on 13 targets. He was making physical catches all over the field. Um, an awesome leaping catch where he got hurt and missed a few plays, just selling out for the ball. Uh, he's got quite a vertical. I, I, when they, Burrell quite often throws passes up for Higgins where it looks like he has no chance of catching it and he comes down with it. So this was the game we were looking for from Higgins with Chase out other than the touchdown. Uh, but he's just got really strong hands. He catches the ball around defenders and, and kind of takes it away from them in traffic. So really, really good things from Burrow and Higgins here. So um, I don't know if you have any other questions on the passing game here or if you just have all your questions about Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, well, no, I, I was happy to see T. Higgins I'm a, as a Clemson fan as well. So I've always okay. been artificially high on T as it is. But I, he, I just believe he's just got the complete package. And it was just nice to see him show out. Uh, you know, he leaves at 13 targets, nine catches, or 148. That's, I mean, and you, you, you really hit the nail on the head. And he's got great body control. He makes all the tough catches in the sidelines, that my ball mentality. So I, I got to see bits, bits and pieces of the game through NFL Red Zone on the for the four o'clock, and it was nice to see him make play after play. Uh, so uh, Tyler Boyd, talk to us about what he was able to do. Yeah, it was a disappointing day for Boyd. He had two catches for forty-two yards on seven targets. Uh, I, I believe both of those catches came pretty late. They were big catches in this game because this was a close game. But um, I, I think the issue with Boyd here is that I mean they had a ton of passes batted down in the interior of the line. Burrow did and. A lot of those were going for Boyd, I think. I mean, seven targets is what he's credited with. Uh, I only remember about four passes to him. So I think three of those maybe were deflected at the line of scrimmage. I'm not sure how they judge those. But, um, yeah, it was just the push up the middle and batting these passes down. Burrow kind of had to, like, abandon the middle of the field. So Boyd's two catches were sideline catches, kind of back shoulder type throws. And Boyd made an awesome catch on one of them. So he's still talented. But I think that's part of the problem here when Boyd disappears in these games is just – interior pressure and Burrow just can't get the ball up the middle of the field. Like they look the best when they're thrown down the sidelines to Jamar Chase or mm -hmm. T Higgins or even Tyler Boyd at times. So I I've always been confused why Boyd disappears from some of these games. And I think, I think this is it. I, I just think when, when the defensive tackles and defensive ends are stunning up the middle and, and Burrow has pressure in his face, it's hard to find Boyd where he's living over the middle. So it, it's not a great you know, analysis for fantasy purposes. Like we don't really care. We need catches, but yeah. I, I think it always, this Bengals offense, it just starts with the pass rush they're going against and how much they're going to disrupt the the offense for the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking maybe, well, maybe the disappearing act has something to do with Hayden Hurst, but Hurst only had three targets uh, and caught two of them. I, I got to see one of them. It looked like a pretty big play. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I was surprised that we haven't seen more from Boyd with, with chase out, but I think he hit all hit the nail on the head on, Onto why, but yeah, the between Irwin and and, and Samaji P Ryan, it's just 
It's everyone, everyone was scoring except for the people that we were expecting to score <laughs> in this game. So uh, speaking of Piran, uh, we, we mentioned that Mixon left with a concussion. So I did not see the hit. Was it, is it something where we're like a Tua situation where this year we're worried about him being from out for multiple games or, or I mean, you never know with a concussion. Yeah. So I didn't know if you, what, what, what kind of light you can shed on that for us. Uh, it's hard to say the CBS left us hanging a couple times on some replays, uh, questionable penalties that extended Steelers drives. And we never got a good replay of it. And we never, I don't think we ever saw a replay of Mixon getting hurt. Um, I actually got a phone notification saying he was in the locker room for concussion testing. And uh, they, they were pretty late letting us know that he was even out of the game. So it kind of just happened and nobody showed us. So I honestly don't know, but, I would say a running back with a concussion uh, this late in the season, um, you should take that seriously. And Samaje Pirine should be added in all leagues. I mean, he scored two of his touchdowns before Mixon even got hurt. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's not like he was taking the job from Mixon, but um, he caught a couple touchdowns in the red zone before, while Mixon was out there. And they really trust Pirine. Um, they were playing Travion Williams behind Pirine, but he's more of a practice squad special teams type player. So if Mixon is out, it's going to be – P. Ryan's going to have the mix and roll, basically. They trust him on third downs. Um, this team is not good at rushing the ball. It was only 11 for 30 for P. Ryan. But uh, P. Ryan had four catches for 52 yards and three touchdowns. One of those was on a long screen that he took 29 yards for a touchdown. The other two were like designed swing passes in the red zone that were clearly for the running back. So I would go get P. Ryan in all your leagues. Uh, he's just He's one of the rare like backups that is going to be a bit of a bell cow when the starter goes down. So he looks fine. He runs between the tackles. He's not going to make exciting plays, but he's he's good in the passing game. And uh, for a backup running back, he's he's basically exactly what you would want. Okay, very good. So. Uh, and and uh, talk about uh, Kenny Pickett. So uh, I mean, he seems to have kind of a special connection with uh, rookie George Pickens, his fellow rookie, um, and uh, they seem to really kind of hit it off there. I, obviously, the Deontay Johnson is kind of fallen by the wayside for fantasy uh, managers. Uh, and it just doesn't seem like he's able to support, uh, you know, the, the three-headed monster we were hoping to see at the start of the season. Uh, now a two-headed monster with Chase Claypool now in the Bears. But uh, yeah. talk to us about what you saw with with Pickett in this game. So uh, I, we, we've heard, we heard a lot of talk about small hands. Uh, I know it's cold weather now in Pittsburgh. But uh, but uh, talk to us about what you saw from him as far as, you know, how he, how he moves in the pocket, how he plays, how he uh, you know, how he's going through his reads, all those kinds of things. Yeah. And after this, I'll be curious what your thoughts were kind of pre-draft on him. I, he's like a hard evaluation for me watching this game. It's the first full game. I believe I've watched of him. I saw some preseason stuff, but this is the first one in the regular season from start to finish. And he's a hard evaluation for me. Like he moves well in the pocket. Um, he's mobile. He seems to sense pressure for the most part. He wasn't, you know, we've seen kind of Daniel Jones just get blindsided on some plays. It wasn't that kind of stuff from Pickett. He, he seemed to move around the pocket well. I, I like the athleticism. Uh, he seemed to have a pretty good grasp of the offense and kind of the reads and how to lead the team and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. that was all real encouraging. Um, he made some nice downfield th throws to, to Pickens, like you mentioned, uh, more on Pickens later. But he also just has some inexplicable throws that are like nowhere near the target where he kind of grounds it and it's nowhere near completion. Um, just some where the accuracy is just way off. And I don't know if he's kind of throwing the ball away or if he's late processing things and just kind of firing it somewhere. But it's like you see some flashes of things you like, but there are also some just plays that are a little bit concerning from him. So I kind of go back and forth on him. I, I His arm talent doesn't jump off the screen or anything. So I, I, I 
I see him as a lower ceiling prospect. I guess I just can't figure out what his floor is because if he's just a capable NFL starter, like that's super valuable. Um, it, it's he looks like that sometimes, and then sometimes you kind of are left scratching your head. Like, is he? Does he have a lower floor maybe than we think? So yeah, I kind of came away mildly impressed and also mildly concerned if I was a Steelers fan. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think sometimes he he might be pressing, especially as a rookie with a team that's just struggling. Uh, trying to make his mark, and I know he went to Pitt, and I really wants to. I think maybe he's just kind of maybe playing out, trying to play outside of himself a little bit. That could be part of the situation. And I'll tell you this: his offensive line is definitely not doing him any no. favors either. He's <laughs> it's one of the most atrocious lines in the league. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, Burrow isn't, isn't exactly behind uh, one of the greatest lines ever either. I mean, they they have a lot of pieces that just hadn't come well together. He's getting there's a lot a lot of sacks, but uh, yeah. at least that line, I think I think that Cincinnati line is obviously a lot more talented. You know pound for pound for sure than the than, than Pittsburgh says and but I think that uh, a young quarterback you know having to you know look over his shoulder all the time run for cover uh it, yeah. it makes it doubly hard on honestly in that situation and plus Najee not really being himself up until this point in the season uh you know I think you're asking a little bit more of picking uh, of uh, picking I think than uh, than you would like to uh if you're the if you're the, the Steelers you know knowing you can't lean on Najee like you like you'd like to uh, so those are some of the thoughts I had. I mean, I mean, this sounds kind of like I'm making excuses for him in a way, but uh, but I, I think it's too soon. I think really to kind of say, oh, he's a boss. I think a lot of people are trying to do that early in the in the year. I think I think let's. Uh, I, I mean, I, we were kind of spoiled with with guys like Mahomes and and Burrow, and those guys are the exceptions, not the norm. That most quarterbacks it takes them a it takes them a minute or to to get their feet underneath them and get the speed of the game and uh, learn the offense. And uh, you know, if I had that rapport with with the receivers and things like that, so I I, I think this is kind of an evaluation year in general for Pickett, and I think next year is going to be really where the uh, rubber meets the road as far as whatnot. He's a guy that uh, uh that that from a fantasy perspective we can get excited about. But uh, definitely, it's, I think it bodes well that that he, he's got that rapport with Pickens, and he seems to have one with Fryermuth as well. Um, mm-hmm. As so, there's at least two guys that he's really got a pretty strong connection with, and hopefully, uh, I don't I don't know what Deontay Johnson's going to do at the end of the season from a contract perspective, if he's coming back or or what. But um, but uh, we'll see. I just uh, like you said, there's there's some inexplicable things that are typical of a rookie, uh, but it, but there are, there's enough there that just it, it keeps you it keeps you intrigued. Yep. I would agree on that. So Pickett finished 25 of 42 for 265, one touchdown. Uh, their line held up pretty well in the first half, and then it kind of mm-hmm. got away from the second half, and uh, Trey Hendrickson caused some problems. But just watching this game, uh, I would I would say that George Pickens is the number one receiver in this offense. It could obviously change, but he looked like the number one here. Uh, four catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown was, I think, their first like 15 plus yard passing touchdown of the year or something crazy. They said that on the telecast, but uh, they schemed him open well on the touchdown. It wasn't necessarily Pickens going making a play. He was pretty open, but it was good to see him getting open for a long touchdown. He made a really impressive catch along the sideline. Uh, really tough catch. Uh, just he, he's he's definitely uh, do one of those highlight reel catches every game. So he's got a ton of talent. Um, he did have a lot of uh, Eli Apple on him today, who is the Bengals' best outside cornerback with Chidobe Awuzie out. So part of me wonders if some of this was just they like that matchup. They're going to go to Pickens more. Um, he had his way with Apple a few times. Apple, you know, had his moments. He's not as bad as everyone makes him out to be. He's just fun to make fun of. But um, he hung in there. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Pickens looked good. Um, I yeah, it, it's just kind of curious, Deontay Johnson. I mean, he just he felt like a non-factor in this one. Um, he he ended up with four catches for 21 yards on five targets. They gave him a carry, only got one yard. But 
he kind of disappeared. I wonder how much of that was Hilton maybe seeing him a little bit and how much of it is just Pickens surpassing him. But um, like I said, just from this game, uh, Pickens looks like the one you want to roster. And then as far as Fryermuth, like, man, he led the way with 12 targets, led the way with eight catches. Uh, he did have three for 30 or so on the final drive, uh, a little bit of garbage time. But Fryermuth, I think, is going to be their volume option at times. And uh, that's that's honestly probably where a lot of Deontay Johnson's work went was to Fryermuth. So yeah. he needs to wrestle some of those targets away from him. But as far as tight ends go, like I think we can count on Fryermuth every single week. And he's like a maybe top six, seven option going forward. Like I, he's He's been pretty consistent volume-wise. 100% agree. I, I, I did not expect him to have as big of a season as he's had, but I also expected Deontay Johnson to do more than he's been doing, like you just yeah. mentioned. So, but, uh, but yeah, he's, he looks like the real deal and that uh, you can't, you can't, you know, really underestimate the, uh, that, that quarterback connection. And when a guy uh, just clicks with the quarterback, uh, you know, it matters. Those kinds of things matter. And you're seeing it with Firemuth. I think um, Pickett trusts him. He's looking for him frequently. Uh, he, he, uh, Counts on to make the big play, uh, and he's doing that. He had 79 yards today. That's that's uh, that's for a tight end. That's pretty impressive, uh, and, uh, and and that I means eight catches for 79 for a tight end. I think any of us would take that any week from from any tight end. So uh, yeah, he's a guy I'm starting in really any league if, uh, if I can if I can get my hands on him. Yeah, and I guess my last takeaway on Pickens would be they do need to get him some easy touches uh, if he's going to be a consistent fantasy option. It yeah. feels like everything's just down the field on the sideline to him. So that's yeah. probably the next step for Pickens for fantasy is like if they start throwing him screens or shorter stuff just to get him going. That I could see some down weeks for Pickens because it's kind of high degree of difficulty right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So there was a big development in the running game here. Um, so Jalen Warren had really been eaten into – Najee Harris's snaps, he left pretty early with a hamstring injury. So Najee Harris took 67 of 73 snaps. Uh, the only other running back that played was Benny Snell for three snaps. I didn't even see him on the field, to be honest. So uh, it, it was the Najee Harris show. Um, I kind of mentioned in my notes, I, this feels like a better setting for Najee Harris. It's cold. It's in Pittsburgh. The field, everyone's slipping everywhere. And he can kind of power his way through. And he he's, he didn't look particularly explosive today, but he was able to use his strength and kind of muscle through. So maybe he's a better cold weather back. I don't know. But um, he did have a, a highlight reel hurdle for a touchdown. Uh, he certainly looked a lot better this week. So That was Najee, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good, he, yeah. He, poor, uh, poor Jesse Bates uh, <laughs> tried, tried to break him up at the, at the end zone and uh, – yeah, as someone said on Twitter, he was posterized. So. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> that's but a yeah. life of a, a safety, I guess. Catching these running backs with a full head of steam. Yeah, you mentioned that he's back too, and that's unfortunate what happened with Warren and his hamstring because he would look like for a while there he was going to be cutting into Harris's workload. But I, yeah. I see in the box where the running backs had twenty total carries, and how Najee handled all twenty of those running back carries. So that that pretty much uh, says all you need to know going forward. And the hamstring injuries tend to linger. So I I just I think. Uh, if you're able to buy low on Harris from an inpatient owner who or fantasy manager who's had him and held on to him for this long and, uh, and just looking to sell the first chance they get, I'd, I'd jump at that chance to kind of add him at this point in time because you know he's going to get that volume and uh, you saw him score two touchdowns today. So, yeah, and I mean I'd be curious when they have a they're able to plan for the week and Warren's out if they plan to get another running back mm-hmm. more involved, but. I don't know. Pittsburgh really seems to be down on all of their running backs other than Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. They've they've drafted all these guys over the years and they just keep finding reasons to not play them. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think Najee's kind of maybe in that David Montgomery role now where it's like he's last man standing and he's going to put up some nice volume. 
Yeah, and I think I think what we also have to remember with Najee is that he was he's been injured. He's been injured. He's been playing yeah. through a pretty significant foot injury uh, up to this point. Uh, and this is the first time where I saw Najee at the field do things nice to make me say, wow. Uh, yeah. And we haven't seen that since last year with Najee Harris. So I kind of feel like that perhaps maybe his foot injury is behind him or at least he's on the right side of it. Uh, so I was definitely encouraged by uh, the, the bits and pieces that I saw. Yep. And I did want to note from the Bengals defense perspective, they do have DJ reader back. This was his first week back who is that's huge for the run defense. So Najee Harris had a good test here. So 90 yards rushing, not bad. Um, I would say, I think this Bengals secondary is going to have problems against good passing games coming up, mm. but the Wuzier injury is huge for them. It's they've got Hilton in the slot. who's a good slot corner, but their outside corners are works in progress. And, um, I think some teams that can spread them out are really going to have their way in the passing game. So I would keep an eye on that. I don't think the statistics have quite adjusted yet just because of the Bengals' opponents and how a few games Wouzier has been out. But I expect a different defense down the stretch here. The Bengals, I believe, are going to have to win some shootouts here. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about that next week against the Titans. They don't really have a wide receiver (laughs) quarter to scare people. But you do have uh, Patrick Mahomes after that, followed by Deshaun Watson, who will be back for about week 14. And then, and then there's Tom Brady, who knows, maybe he'll hit that, find the fountain of youth again. And, uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, and then of course, Josh Allen towards the end of the year. So, uh, yep. yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they close out for sure. Yep. It feels a lot like last year where the yeah. last, uh, four months of their season, it's going to be a playoff game basically. So, uh, <laughs> us Bengals fans are, we're going to need some, uh, I don't know, something for, for our, uh, indigestion, I think by the end of this. Yeah. Speaking of indigestion, I wonder how we have to check on Ryan after that, after that, uh, that game was a great cease for that uh, for the Jets and Patriots. So there was a three-three game, right until uh, but last what twenty-five seconds of the game. Yeah, game-winning kick return basically yeah. from the from the Patriots. So yeah. I wonder if that's one that Ryan was even able to enjoy, or if he just kind of uh, three, four quarters of three <laughs> offensive points. The frustration just overcame it by the end. I, I'll have to ask him about Mac Jones because this is not going the right direction. No, not at all. So. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good recap. Uh, let's get out of here, Drew. Looks like we're missing a fun Sunday nighter between the Chiefs and Chargers. I, I don't think my Kadarius Tony scoring is going to win me my home league. It doesn't seem uh, to have happened yet. But um, the night is I don't young. know. The maybe he's a second half player. Yeah. The night is young. I, I believe. I believe. The night, the night yeah. is young. I've, I've, uh, I've got a lot of Kadarius Tony tonight, so I'm, I'm hoping, that, hoping that pays off. So uh, yeah. I, I, I uh, Christian Watson, I was able to get in a couple of lineups uh, last last week. I actually started him last week in a home league, and I got. I was called a lot of uh, colorful names for sneaking in this Christian Watson out of nowhere and having him hit, score three touchdowns in the flex. Uh, and then I was able to start him again this week. So, uh, but I, I, I like Tony to kind of be that guy the, uh, this week. And uh, we're about ha- almost halfway through at this point. We haven't seen much yet, but uh, fingers crossed that uh, the breakout comes here. I, I agree completely. Well, thanks for joining me, Drew. This was a lot of fun. We'll have you back on sooner for the next one for sure. But um, yeah, as always, everyone, please check out the article. We put a ton of work into this. Um, again, I'll have a, a Giants Lions right upcoming. So um, I'll dive deep into those backfields and see what I can find. So as always, thanks for listening. We've got our um, our waiver wire podcast coming out Monday night, and then we'll have everything up uh, a day early as far as sit start goes this week. So we're going to try to get the article out Wednesday. We'll have the podcast out Tuesday night or Wednesday. So we'll move that all up for Thanksgiving. Um, but I hope you all, uh, I'll talk to you before then, but I hope you all have a good Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining me, Drew. And good luck, everyone, with the rest of your match. Thanks for having me.